Amen. How many are ready to wear those robes? The righteous robes. Amen. Praise God. I'm glad you're here this morning. We're going to have a great time. Just right there for now. And in the Lord this morning. And we're going to get into it. Let's get into the Bible this morning. To the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians, if you would. Chapter 4. We're going to be showing you some stuff this morning. So we've got a little cable hanging around. But I want to... Um, I want to share something this morning that I uh, have been talking about for several months, but I really haven't shown everything to you. We did a forum about the end times back in, uh, I don't know when it was, November, December, October, I don't remember when it was, and um, we talked about the return of Jesus Christ. How many know this morning that we need hope? Does anybody need hope in here this morning? You know that hope is what keeps you going. Amen. When things are rough and you look at this life and things are ugly, hope's what keeps us going. And uh, I, know, I want you to know this morning as you're getting your Bibles open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that the Bible says in Titus 2 verse 13, listen to this verse, it says, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I was wondering what y'all were looking at. Just look at me, okay? Don't be checking out my computer. Hold on a second here. See, it is a cute picture. I agree. All right, let me read this again. Okay, y'all checked it out, amen? Looking, not at the screen, but for the blessed hope and glorious appearing. Watch this. Watch, watch power. No, I'm not going to do it of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. If you don't have any hope this morning, I want to give you some hope. Jesus is coming for his church. He's coming back to get us. He's going to take us home and we are going to wear those white robes. Amen. And we're going to live forever and ever in eternity with God. And amen. If you're, if you're still in love with this world, amen, I think you've got problems and issues. Amen. I'm ready today. If Jesus wants to blow that trumpet, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to meet my Savior. Amen. I, we have this thing at our house. A lot of times uh, I give lots of hugs to my daughters, but me and Desi have this thing. Uh, I, th I don't know if she's in here or not, but we have this thing where we'll point at each other, and that means we go to the staircase. And I'm a little taller than her, so she steps on that first or second step, and we hug each other on that staircase, and we just hold each other. And I told her one day, I said, I can't wait to do this with Jesus. Amen. How many are ready just to hug Jesus and thank him for dying for you? Amen. I'm looking for that day, and that's our blessed hope, and something that we, uh, has been preached, thank God, in my whole life since I, was grew, I grew up in church, I remember hearing that word, the blessed hope. We don't always understand what it means, but I want to show you some things that the Lord has showed me this morning, and I didn't find it, but I've discovered and gone on to study more and look at more, and I've kind of learned how to navigate some things to show you some things that are really, really amazing in the Bible, but I want to read a couple verses um, out of the Bible so you get a good background because some of you in here this morning may not have a background on what uh, the, the return of the Lord is or the world would call it the rapture. The word rapture is not actually in the Bible, okay? But neither is the word trinity. And that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So just because a word is not there does not mean it does not exist. That's because the Bible wasn't written in English. And the word rapture is an understanding for us in the Greek to mean to be caught up 
to be snatched away, to be taken up. And that's what uh, the blessed hope is. And it said there in Titus 2.13, we're looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, when Jesus rose from the dead, he got on that mount and he, he ascended into heaven, the Bible says. He, he actually physically left the ground. He did what those magicians try to imitate all the time, levitate. He levitated all the way to heaven, amen? He got off the ground, and as he, as he went up into heaven, the angels came and said, listen, don't worry, because as you're seeing him go, he's going to come again. And so we know as he went into heaven, he's going to return for us. And uh, the first time he's going to come, church, is he's going to come for his church. Amen? And, and, and I want to show you some stuff this morning, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I, I don't want to get lose time and get in and getting into what I want to show you but let's look at first Thessalonians 4 for those that might not know about what the Bible says about the return of Christ it says in verse 13 I don't want you to be ignorant brethren how many know that's the first and foremost thing God does not want us to be surprised about anything he's not trying to play a surprise game with us he wants us to know what's going on he says brethren concerning those who fallen asleep in other words died in the Lord lest you sorrow as those who have no hope how many know when somebody dies without Jesus they're hopeless I mean, you lose a loved one that doesn't know Jesus, there's no hope in you seeing them again, although you don't know what happened to them before they died and they called the Lord and all that. But the hope we have is that when somebody died, if you've lost a loved one here, you're going to see them again. That's the blessed hope, amen? And so he says, for if we believe, how many believers do I have in here this morning? If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, this is verse 14, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, those who have died in the Lord, died in their faith. And then verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, how many are alive here this morning? Let's make sure we're all in the same, where everybody here is alive. Amen. We won't ask you how, we won't tell you how you looked at praise and worship, Dylan says. Amen. We'll believe you're alive. Amen. But we're alive, and it says, and remaining, that means still here when Jesus comes back on the earth, until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with a what? trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain shall be what caught up together okay there's the word that's what rapture means caught up together uh, 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 lost it for a second with them in the clouds to meet the Lord where in the air yes we are going to fly Oh, this sounds weird. Well, you just go ahead and don't believe it. And when I'm gone, you watch me go up. Amen. I'm going to fly. Praise God. I'm going in Jesus' name. If the Bible says it, I believe it. Enoch was walking with God, and the Bible says he was no more. Gone. The Bible says that Elijah was going to be caught up in a chariot, and Elijah was there, and he said, the Bible says that the, the, the whirlwind caught him up, and that chariot went up into the air, and Elisha watched him go up, and his mantle fell down. That was a precursor of the rapture, okay? It will happen, and I'm going to throw this out just for all you young people that are here, never been here before, never heard me talk about this, don't freak out. How many have ever been on a plane, amen? If you go up in a plane, you're 30, 40,000 feet in the air, they've been to the moon, They've gone up. People have gone up. Jesus does not need a plane to get you into the air. Jesus does not need a space shuttle to get you to heaven. Did you catch that? If a human being can get to the moon, Jesus can get us into heaven without a, without a spaceship, okay? So don't, don't freak out on that. It's not that weird. 
And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's not, hey, are you scared? No, comfort one another with these words. We shouldn't be scared about this. We should be excited about this. Now watch this. This is what it says in the next chapter, chapter 5. Kind of continues, because you've got to remember that when they wrote the, wrote the Bible, they didn't have chapters and verses. That's for us to be able to find it, because it would be hard for you to find it without a chapter and a verse this morning. 5.1, you still looking? But concerning the times and seasons, and if you're taking notes this morning, I, I put something up on Facebook yesterday. I hope that you're uh, following that and getting on there. I'm going to be putting stuff up the days before services so you have an idea what I'm going to preach about. And uh, I wrote there, we, uh, we can know the seasons or, or talked about signs of the season. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We can know the seasons. We can know the seasons, okay? And so for chapter 5, verse 1, what is it saying? But concerning the times and seasons. And who's got a watch on in here this morning? Let me see your watch. Okay, that watch tells you what time it is. Tell you what time to get to church this morning. What time to wake up. What time to go to work tomorrow. That's times and seasons. God works on times and seasons as well. His timing is not like our timing, but he still has timing, okay? So he says, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know, what do we know this morning as believers? That the coming of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Okay? Now that does not mean that it's going to surprise the believers. The rapture of Jesus Christ is not supposed to surprise me and you. We're not supposed to go, oh my gosh, what happened? We're supposed to be looking for the return of Jesus Christ. And if you don't understand that, church, that's why we're here. What else are you looking forward to? What else are you waiting for if you're not waiting for the return of Jesus Christ? Something's wrong in your heart this morning. If you're not watching and looking and anxiously waiting for Jesus to come back, you've got to get some world out of you if that's the case. Say amen or woe is me. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. So when they say peace and safety... Then sudden destruction comes upon them. And watch this. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Underline that in your Bible if you're reading there. As, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you brethren are not in darkness. So that this day should overtake you as a thief. The rapture should not be a surprise or a scare or something we're not ready for if we are walking in, in light and not in darkness. Okay? And thank God, you need to thank God this morning that you are in a church that is preaching about this. Can you say amen? That's not to lift us up or anything. I'm just telling you, I talk to people and I, sometimes when I'm playing basketball or something, I meet people who claim to be believers and their, their church doesn't talk about the rapture, don't even know what it is. How are you going to be ready for something that no one's preached to you about? Amen. Amen. Come on, are you with me? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying, thank God that we're talking about this this morning. So that you can be watching and waiting. So I said that pregnancy part because it's very important. It leads into the times and the seasons of what we're looking for. Many people will say, as I show you something fabulous and amazing this morning on this computer, many people will say, uh, be careful, you can't, you can't talk about dates, and you can't talk about times, and you can't talk about those things, and you'll know that I'm not in any way spe specifying a date. I'm not going to stand up here this morning and say, Jesus is going to come back on this day at this hour, but I am going to tell you one thing that the Bible shows us. We will not know the day, we will not know the hour, but God says in his word, we will know the season. 
the season. How many mamas do I have in here? How many daddies do I have in here? Remember when you had your news that you were going to have a baby and they said your baby's going to be born on this date. They were giving you a due date. Amen. They were telling you a date from the day of conception that that was the day your baby was going to be born. Rarely does it happen. I am one of those people. Praise God. My daughter Kristen was born on her on my birthday. That was the day they told us. That rarely happens though. It's usually close, but it doesn't happen. But that date is something for you to look forward to and know that when you get close to that date, when you arrive around the time, labor pains begin to happen. When the labor pains begin to happen, it doesn't mean you can say, okay, because of these labor pains, uh, I'm going to have the baby on the 20th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You can't do that. But when the labor pains begin to happen, you can say, hey, honey, we're getting close. Any day, this baby's going to come. We have lots of newborns, lots of new babies here. We've seen that happen time and time again. The last year, we've had lots of babies born. We've known that as it got closer and closer, when those labor pains came, we didn't know the day, we didn't know the hour, but we knew the season. How many are following me on that? Okay, before we go any further, I'm going to make a statement to you this morning. We are in the season. You can like that or dislike it or accept it or deny it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can tear it up, throw it in the garbage, wrap it up, put it in your pocket. You can do whatever you want with it. We're in the season. I, I tell you that without any doubt in my mind, and I'll show you a few things that will confirm that. Okay, so he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Because of the times and the seasons, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, close with me in verse 3, they shall not escape, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day will come upon you as a thief in the night. Okay? The Bible says that the rapture is going to happen instantaneously. Instantaneously. Take your hand, either one, and snap your finger. That's how fast the rapture is going to happen. In a moment, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will raise incorruptible and we shall be changed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what I want to show you this morning, without getting any more into that, I can, I'm, I can preach lots of messages on this, on the rapture and use lots of verses, but I want to show you some things on signs this morning, okay? And in the signs, some of the people in the church have seen this when I did that forum, but many of you have not. And I've waited till the Lord said, do this, show this, and I feel like this is the time. And uh, I want to read a few verses to you. Write these down in your notes. Church, this is an awesome opportunity to witness. This is an awesome opportunity to share your faith. Because like never before can we say, look at this. Look at that. Look at the news, watch this, watch that, and see that the Bible is true, that the Bible is what it says it is, and it cannot lie, amen? Never before have we seen these things. I told you, I've been saved for 21 years. When I got saved, I studied the end times, and for 20 years, that's quite a bit of studying. I've studied these scriptures, and I've never in my 20 years seen the scriptures fly off the pages like they are right now, and I've definitely never seen what I'm going to show you this morning. So look at Luke 21. I've got to read a few of these before I turn the lights off. So it's going to get real dark in here. So I need to make sure that I can still see um, to read these notes. And then I'm going to ask the Lord to help me show you this this morning without any hitches. Like the one I've got holding me up here. Where did I tell you to go? Did I tell you to go somewhere? All right. Can everybody do a prayer with me this morning? A big prayer that God would provide us a wireless microphone again? Sorry. Guess you don't care like I do. 
Thanks for that one amen, Dwayne. Love you, buddy. Let me ask that again. Can you all pray with me for a wireless mic? All right, thanks. This thing's like a like tie. It's like a cord. All right. Luke 21. Watch what this says. And right before I read, let me read this. And 21, 25. And there will be signs in the sun. Now, what are we talking about again? The return of Jesus Christ. Okay, this is everything I'm talking about. There'll be signs in the sun. In the what? In the, and then what's the next thing? Moon. And in the stars. On the earth, distress of nations, perplexity, and the sea and waves roaring. Okay? Sun, moon, stars. Sun, moon, stars. In the Western culture, I'm going to tell you something that's, that's messed me up for many years. We live in the Western culture. We mean, it means we live in the United States. We're far removed from Israel, Jerusalem, God's place, God's country, where everything's going to go down. So many times we don't understand the customs. We don't understand the times. We don't understand the seasons. We don't understand uh, things in the Bible that Jesus said, parables, and they don't make sense to us sometimes because of where we live. And one of the greatest hindrances to us in our country has been this. How many have ever gone to the, to the Chinese buffet and you, or any Chinese place and got your, your fortune cookie? And on one side of that fortune cookie, not only was the fortune there, the other side it had some kind of zodiac thing. Okay, you see the Chinese, now I'm not picking on Chinese, just an example. They have the Zodiac, and you have the horoscope. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go to this one in Tucson, and the table had the dragon and the, all these Pisces and all these different things on the table. And I remember seeing that, and being in the Western culture, we get, we're raised with a mentality that it's not good to look at the stars. It's, it's a, it's, horoscope's bad, and horoscope is bad, by the way. Don't be looking at a horoscope for anything for your life. Okay, that's not God. But because of the horoscope and because of the zodiac horoscope thing in the Western culture, we have uh, been trained to take our eyes off the sky and go, oh, don't look at that. Don't look at that. Keep your eyes away. That's bad. Because we're looking at it the wrong way. Are you following me? Does any, was anybody else raised that way? To not look at the horoscope, that stars are bad and don't, you know, all those things. But the, 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 the thing we have to understand is astrology is the worship or the study of the stars for your life and luck and all that. But astronomy is the study of the stars and the study of what God made and what's there in the skies and all that, amen? And so when we look at astronomy and we look at the sky and the stars, we realize in the Bible that God made that as a watch, a clock, a way for us to know the times and the seasons, and so it says there, there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, and the sea and the waves roaring. And so as we see that, we realize, you know what? We need to get our eyes back up on the sky again real quick and see what God is saying to us. And let me just read a couple more verses real quick about this before I show this. Uh, in Acts, actually I'm going to come back to that in just a second. All the way back in Genesis 1.14, if you're taking notes, it says this. God said, let there be lights. In the firmament, uh, firmament of the heavens, that means the skies, the heavens, to divide the day from the night. What divides the day from the night? Just throw it out real quick. What divides the day from the night? Sun and moon. Okay? Darkness and light. And it says, and let them be. Let them be. This is God in Genesis. Let them be for signs and seasons. For days and years. Notice he didn't just let it. He didn't just say, "Let this be for signs or for seasons, so that you know when it's when it's April and when it's hot and when it's cold and when it's day and when it's not." He said, "And for what? Signs, signs, signs. It's important." 
Job, the book of Job. Many times, Amos mentions it as well, but I'm going to read the, the, the 38, 31, and 32. If you're taking notes, write it down. Job says these words, Can you bind the cluster of the Pleiades or loose the belt of Orion? He says, Can you bring out Maseroth in its season or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? That's Job. Job was written way before the book of Genesis. It was the first book ever written. It's an old book. And all the way back in Job, God is saying to Job, can you understand the stars? Do you understand how I made them? Do you know what the stars are saying? And he mentions the cubs and the bears and the Pleiades, the belt of Orion, all these different things that people have heard and know that exist. So I'm showing you that these things are mentioned in the Bible, okay? And then we see later on in the Bible, we see in, in Matthew, church. How many remember in Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to read this real quick, verse 1 and 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? Why'd they ask that? I'm going to tell you. It says in the next part of the verse, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him not the star so God said I want these wise men to find where Jesus is and the star that they found is the star stars or planets are also called stars in astronomy the king planet how many know Jesus is king this morning amen the king planet is Jupiter they followed that star didn't know it was called Jupiter but they followed that star to where Jesus was and they found him. They said, where is he? Because we've seen the star and we've come to worship him. How many of those, that's just a few verses. But how many are following me so far? How many are getting an A plus so far in this class? Amen. All right. So what I want to show you this morning, and I want to make sure I don't have, I'm going to have to turn the lights back on again in a second. But I want to uh, show you a few things in the computer that are really astounding and amazing. Before I show you the one, I'll show you the other. I mentioned this back a couple months ago, but didn't really get into it too much. Sent out links, sent out things, text message, different things like that. And one of the things that I mentioned, and some of you will remember this when I say it, is the, floor, the blood moons. I remember the blood moons. The tetrad. Okay? Sometimes when we hear these things, we go, what in the world does that mean? I used to always think blood moons, is the, is the, is the moon going to turn to blood? That's gross. You know, I used to I wonder what that meant. What's going to happen, I'm going to show you this in just a second. I'm going to read this one more time. Luke 21, there'll be signs in the sun, the moon, and in the stars for us to watch. Acts 2.20, write this down, about the four blood moons, says the sun shall be turned into darkness. Can you imagine the sun being dark? And the moon into blood before the, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Okay? Now, just to break this down real quick, I'm going to go ahead and, and try to open this and try to be able to see up here still. This is going to get real dark. Y'all ready? We don't need any more notes for a second. I can always turn it back on if I need. Can y'all see that good? See my beautiful daughter kissing me on the cheek better now? All right, I guess good. I got just enough light to see over here. Don't worry about the, the colors are different, but who cares? We don't need colors. It's actually colorblind, all right? In my screen, they're red. Okay? Just be glad that you can see it up there. It took us a while to figure this out. All right, so those are the floor blood moons. This year, 
in April 15th, which is these things happen to happen during uh, Jewish holidays, very important Jewish uh, uh, feasts, Passover, uh, very important uh, celebrations. You see that a blood moon is going to take place on 41514. Can everybody say that? Now, let me show you one other thing real quick before I show you that, show you that this really makes you make it legit. What does that say at the top of that screen? Whose website is this? NASA. Okay, this is not my website or a church website or anything. This is NASA. And NASA says that this is going to take place. And if you'll look right here, let me see if I can use this little cute little thing they gave me without getting shocked, Valente. Let's see if it works. See that? Oh, yeah. Let's see if I can get anybody out there. See that right there? 2014, April 15th, total lunar eclipse. 2014, October 8th, total lunar eclipse. So there's going to be two lunar eclipses this year. Some of y'all that are getting bored, just hold on for a second. He's not really bored. He's just helping me out. Amen, Paul. He loves this stuff. We're going to see, we're, we're in January. We're going to see in April, we're going to see a, 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 a total lunar eclipse called a blood moon. When that happens, the, the moon will look like it's, like it's blood. It's red. It'll happen again in October of this year. But then it's going to happen again next year in 2015, the same month and same time, uh, April 4th, 15, and then September 28th, 2015. Now, you might think, how, how do we know this? How do, how do we know for sure that this is going to happen? Because it's a clock. That this is not something that they're predicting like the weather. This is a clock. This will happen. And they can look, because I'm going to show you in a second on this other screen, you can look ahead into uh, the, the uh, constellations and into the stars like a clock. It's almost like a time machine. And you can also look back. And so we see here that these four blood moons are going to happen, but what we need to understand, I'll turn this back on just for a second, and then I'll turn it off again in a minute to talk about this part. What's important about the blood moons is, is that they don't happen very often. And why it's called the tetrad is because blood moons do happen, one lunar eclipse. But they very, 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 very rarely ever happen four times in two years, which is called a tetrad. How many are following that so far? Still A plus with me? Okay. So blood moons happen. No big deal about a blood moon so much. But when blood moons happen four times in two years, big deal. And so we, I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure this out, but somebody figured this out, thank God, because of technology. Remember Daniel said, knowledge would increase in the last days. The things I'm telling you this morning and the things we're talking about, we couldn't talk about 50 years ago. Couldn't have done it. When dad was talking about him hearing that that first time, technology did not exist to talk about what we're talking about right now. God allowed this time. I told you last week we're a chosen generation. We're the generation God chose to be this last church. And that's an honor. But we're looking at this because of technology and because of NASA and because of all these things. They're looking to the future. They're looking in the past. This has happened three other times since Jesus walked the earth. Three times. That's 2,000 years. That's not a lot of times. What's happened? The tetrad. Four blood moons. Not a blood moon. Four blood moons. Twice one year, twice the next consecutively a tetrad. 
The last time, I'm going to throw this out just for anybody that hadn't heard me mention this before. The first one was back in the 1400s. I think it was late 1400s. When Spain kicked the Jewish people out of Spain. They had been exiled there. And they, they were uh, pushed out of there. And we know that about that time and not too much longer, as they began to spread out around the world, they found refuge many places, the United States being one of them later on. Many, many Jewish people found refuge. God's people found refuge in our country. It's one of the reasons our country is so blessed. Because we opened our doors for God's people to come in. Word, church, uh, country was founded on the word of God and so forth and so forth. The next two dates are these. Super important. Every time these tetrads happen, historically, something amazing, supernatural, powerful, prophetic happens to Israel. Every time. So it happened in the 1400s. The last time it happened, I've got this right here, and I'll throw this up for you, so hopefully you can see it. You see that without turning the lights off? We see that the last time it happened, the second time, sorry, in 2,000 years, was what? 1949 and 1950. Anybody who knows anything about history knows that in, in those years, it was actually the end of 1948 going into 1949, Israel became a nation. Israel became a nation. Do you realize, church, that before 1949, the last time these tetrads happened, none of the prophetic things in the book of Revelation or Matthew or any of these, or Daniel or Isaiah, could even happen because Israel was not a nation yet. They had been destroyed. It had been wiped off the face of the earth. They had lost their land. And when these tetrads happened the last time, Israel became a nation again. Coincidence? Some people could say so, but it's not. Because then, in 1967 and 1968, another tetrad happened. And when this tetrad happened, Israel was already a state, but Jerusalem was not a city yet. It had not had its, its, home, its real homeland taken care of and given that place of land yet. And in 1967 and 68, that happened. Two very significant things. So how many are seeing that, that back before 1949, which was a generation ago, the Bible says in Psalms very clearly that a generation is between 70 and 80 years. You can do the math and go back. And before that, remember Jesus said, this generation will not pass. How many have heard that verse? Till these signs have come to pass. When he said this generation, he wasn't talking about the generation he was talking to 2,000 years ago. He was talking about the generation that would see the signs he was talking about in Matthew 24. He said this generation will not pass until these signs have come to pass and this, these things have happened. And so now we're seeing that the next time, church, that this is going to happen is this year. This year. Now. We're in the season, church. Because something symbolic is going to happen and has to happen, and we're there. Go ahead and show me your bug eyes real quick, everybody. Amen. Get on the roller coaster. We're fixing to take off. And the roller coaster is going to go whether you get on it or not. I'm getting on it. And it's going to be a good roller coaster ride. Amen. If you don't like roller coasters, don't worry. God loves you, and he'll take care of you. Amen on this roller coaster. But it's going to go. Trains are moving, just like the ark was built. The flood came. Whoever got in was saved. Whoever stayed out perished. Are you following me? I'm showing you these because I still am going to show you something even more amazing in just a second. But how many so far A plus on this? 
tetrads, four blood moons in a row. It's only happened three times in 2,000 years. And it's going to happen this year. This year. And next. Okay? Guess what? Because of NASA, because of this site, I'm going to show you in a second, because of technology, we can go forward. And we can find out when the next tetrad is going to happen. Want to know when it's going to happen? Who wants to know? I'm going to tell you anyways, but I just want to see who wants to know. Not for another 500 years. 500 years. There's no way a generation is 500 years. There's no way that the way the world is right now, economy, religion, wars, nuclear bombs, all this stuff that I could go into, there's no way this, this, this present, the earth's still going to be here. That's a whole other subject, okay? Ask me questions later. But there's no way this is not going to happen for 500 more years. There's no way. It's impossible. So the, something has to happen with this tetrad. And again, if, if we're here and we're going, oh Lord, we've really come to it, that's where you've got to say, God, help me. Help me understand. Help me not look at this wrong. Help me not look at this negatively. There's, there's nothing bad about when you hear that news that you're going to have a baby. It's a blessing. Amen. You're going to go through some rough things. You're going to have some labor pains and all that. You're going to have to save some money up and blah, 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 blah. But the baby's beautiful and the baby's worth it. We're in that time and season right now. Now, how many want to see one more thing? This is what I really, really, really wanted to show you this morning, but I wanted to show you all the rest of this first, okay? So um, I'll turn the lights off again in a second, and then we're going to pray that this really works out good. But let me read you one more, um, one more verse. I read you Matthew 2, right? Okay. All right, just bear with me for a second. Is everybody interested? Okay, good. Everybody A plus still? All right. You may have to make up a class later, man, if you don't get it. We'll, we'll do it again. Amen. I'm going to now close out of this. I'm going to take you to a really cool site if the lights will go off. And I'm going to show you another sign. I saw this on YouTube when I was studying, but I wanted to see it for myself. How many are like that? Amen. We need to be like that. The Bereans studied stuff out. So can everybody see that screen good? Is it dark enough in here? Okay. This is super neat. This is like we're looking right now through a telescope at the sky. This is an amazing technology that didn't exist, like I said, very many years ago. Down at the bottom left, you see Earth, comma, Jerusalem. Everybody see that? So we're seeing the sky as if we're standing in Jerusalem right now. Looking at the south. I've got the, earth, I've got the, uh, the ground there just because we see ground. But how many know that the ground's not relevant to stars? So if I want to, I can take the ground off. There it went. And now we're just looking into, into space. But I like the ground because it shows me I'm standing. I don't like to be floating in space yet until Jesus comes back. Okay, so we're looking at the sky. And um, I'm going to read another thing to you in a second, but I'm going to show you something. I, I navigated here. I'm going to go to a location window. Actually, sorry, I'm already in the location. We're in Jerusalem. Now, for those of those theologians, real quick, when John saw the, saw the visions in Revelation, somebody shout out where he was. The island of Patmos. 
Okay? You have to trust me on this because I wanted to show you Jerusalem. You can see the same thing from Patmos. How many trust me? Okay, it's not just Jerusalem. So don't think, well, this is from Jerusalem. This ain't true. No, I know it was in Patmos. John saw this revelation. And the cool thing is, is 2,000 years ago, church, he didn't have TVs. He didn't have a computer. He didn't have anything that we're looking at today. But he described something we're going to see in just a second. I'm going to put the date and time here. See the date? 2014. January 21st, and it says 1119. Everybody see that? So this is a clock. What did I say? Oh, that's my birthday. I'm still on my birthday, sorry. I'm used to saying January 21st, I guess. Okay, so 26th. Now, I'm going to go to... Actually, let me put some stuff up before I change the date. I'm going to put in here... Well, actually, first I'm going to take off the atmosphere, okay? It'll help us see a little bit better. Watch this. That gets neater. And I'm going to put in the constellations that are not astrology, they're astronomy. And you're going to see the dot, the lines, okay? See that? Now you see the constellations. Then I'm going to put the names. Many of them we don't know. I don't, for sure. There's one we're going to look at in particular. And I'm going to put in, I'm going to put in something that somebody invented and made up that really helps us see them. I'm going to put in the actual bodies that have been painted so you can see them better. Okay? See that? Now, I'm going to go to a date of September. And obviously everything's moving. Actually, I'm going to do one more thing first. Let me go to, let me go to this date, 923. Then I'm going to change the time. Now, obviously, it's that has to do with the sun. Go up into the sky. You still see the ground, right? And watch this. Move the date and time over. Wish I had a wireless mic. Thank you. On my, on my computer in my office, you can see this a lot better. This, this screen's kind of limited. Everybody see the, the constellation Virgo? Okay. Virgo, what would that represent? The Virgin Mary. Now watch something really cool. I can change the date. I'm going to show you what happened on the time that Jesus was born. Year zero. Does anybody see anything inside of Virgo interesting? I'll help you. What's that? What's Jupiter? Who's it represent? What year are we in? Zero. Now I'm going to take off this thing because sometimes the... Uh, Drawing can mess you up. It helps. At the same time, it can mess up. I'm going to take the drawing off. Where is Jupiter in the Virgin? Huh? In her belly. That's a sign 
that they were looking for. But is it a coincidence that when they looked up at that sky, was it a coincidence that Jupiter was in her belly? No. Because well, I'm going to change the years. Let me put this back on real quick so you can see this. Everybody see right here that where my cursor is that it's the year zero, right? As I go backwards, watch her stomach. Where's Jupiter? Not there. It's at her head. Negative 2. This is 2 BC, 3 BC, 4 BC, 5 BC. Everybody seeing that? No Jupiter in her stomach. Go forward. Bam. There's Jupiter in her stomach. After she has the baby, bam, gone. Everybody see that? Go forward and forward, 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 forward. Jupiter's never there again. Okay? Now I'm going to come back over here and show you what I really wanted to show you, but I wanted to show you that Matthew 2 sign real quick. Oh, help me. Uh, I think I got it. Thank you, though. I'm going to blind y'all for a second. I warned you. All right. Actually, I should have left it on. I'm going to read this real quick. Everybody still here? Okay. Jesus hadn't come yet. Go to Revelations real quick. Book of Revelations. Last thing I'm going to show. This is the, this is, I led all this up to show you this. I don't ever like to show you anything without giving you a good base for it. Say amen when you get to Revelations 12. How many other people in here have studied quite a bit the book of Revelations? A few? Okay. A little bit? How many have got a better understanding now than you used to? Okay. Theologians will tell you, in general, that in the book of Revelations, and I believe, this is my belief, and many, many people as well, but I, I believe with all my heart, Jesus is going to come back before the tribulation. Okay? Who, who doesn't know what the tribulation is? It's okay if you don't. The tribulation is a seven-year period of God's judgment. Okay? And it's going to come on the earth. Again, this is the thing. that we're going to, Well, I don't want that to happen. Well, it's going to happen. No one's asking us. It's going to happen. And it's going to be, it's called Jacob's t- trouble. It's, time of, it's a time of God's judgment upon the earth of unbelieving people. Sorry, not Christians. Unbelieving people. Okay? So the tribulation is, is a time where it's been studied, said since, since the beginning that it was going to happen. Re- John had this revelation and he saw this screen, he saw this vision spiritually and he, and he wrote all these books. And around four, he says to John, come up here to heaven so I can show you the things that need to happen next. And most theologians that b- believe in pre-tribulation rapture of Jesus Christ uh, believe that's the church going up to heaven. Because the church is not mentioned again until 18 or 19. I'm going to follow that. The church meaning us. The church meaning the Gentiles. Not the Jewish people. Okay? There's two sets of people in the world. Gentiles and Jewish people. God's people, the Jewish people. Gentiles, people who are not Jewish. People who have accepted Christ and believe in him. Okay, remember, that's what Jesus came for. He came to die for us, and Paul preached first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Then, then, the, then the, we became, we are Gentiles. We got saved. The gospel's gone on forth, and Jesus is going to come back for his church, which is believers that is not the Jewish people. Because the Jewish people still don't believe he's come yet. Okay, that's important to know. They're still looking for the Messiah. And so, 
In the book of Revelation, it begins to tell all this stuff that's happening. So, times and seasons are telling us, from Matthew 24 and all that, that all this stuff, these wars, the rumors of wars, and all this stuff that's going on around the world is, is telling us that Jesus is coming back, the tribulation is going to happen, and during that time of tribulation, church, the Bible says nobody wants to be here. Three and a half years is going to be in anger of the Antichrist, okay, the actual Antichrist. Three and a half years of the spirit of a man who is going to bring false peace, He's going to bring all kinds of destruction. He's going to bring one world government. He's going to bring one world religion. It's all going to come together. Everything's going to have to follow that. That's where the mark of the beast comes in. That's a whole other subject. There's a lot to be said there, but you might, must understand you don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. You do not, I promise you. And you'll remember those words, God forbid you end up staying around. Okay? But we're going to believe that every single one of us, 100% of us, are going to be ready for the rapture and we're going to go to heaven and none of us are going to be left behind in Jesus' name. We're going to be watching and waiting. When that tribulation happens, church, the Bible, theologians say it happens from chapter 6 to chapter 18. That's, that's 12 chapters. Okay? What's half of 12? Okay? Right in the middle, 6 to 18, right in the middle would be chapter 12. Most theologians, again, I'm just telling you a general consensus, would say that the, the middle of the tribulation of a seven-year period, what's half a seven? Three and a half. The middle of the tribulation would be Daniel chapter 12, or sorry, Revelations chapter 12. Okay? How many are following me there? Something happens in the middle of the tribulation for a sign that is very important that I want to show you this morning. And what that sign is, I'm going to read. And one of the things that happens, right, read with me verse 1. Is it says, now a great sign appeared in heaven. What's God saying? I'm going to speak to you through the stars. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. How many will remember that? A woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Everybody got that? All right. Look at this constellation, which is 2012. I'm going to go up a year because we'll go back to what just happened in September. Okay, back in September, remember this is a watch. Last September, just a few months ago, 2013, this is what that constellation looked like. Okay? I'm going to show you in just a second that over here where Leo is, I can't, I, I'm going to have to move the screen in a second because my screen's not big enough. See where Leo is over here? Okay, the lion, the lion of Judah. Okay, symbolic. If I turn this thing, and I'm showing you it this way because it's easier for me to show you. I can turn it to where she's standing up straight, and it will make more sense, but I won't be able to show you the same way. But in that constellation over there, there's nine stars, okay? I can't, I'm going to move this over for just one second so I can show this to you. Right there. Now watch. One. Everybody see the red? Two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. How many how many stars need to be upon her head? So we're missing three stars. Okay? Everybody with that? Okay. So I'm gonna move this over back over here for a second. And we're also missing something else. We see the woman clothed with the sun right here. See that? And no moon. The moon has to be under her feet. We've got woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars. So last September, and if you're asking why September, let me show you. Watch what happens if I move to August. See where the sun is? 
See where the sun is? It's, it's, it's not anywhere near the virgin anymore. Okay, as the year goes around, now I'm in January, December, November, December, as I go around the whole year, the only time of the year that she's clothed with the sun is in September. How many follow that? Does that make sense? Okay, because the earth, we're not, the earth is moving and all that scientific stuff, I'm not trying to explain to you. But you follow what I'm saying, okay? Okay, same thing happens if I change days. Let me watch, let me show you this real quick. Days. What's happening? Moving away. Sun's no longer clothing her, okay? That's the 6th, 5th, 4th, 3rd, 12th, 1, 0, 31st, 30th. See, the, the sun's over there by Leo. So we can't see this sign line up, but if I put it back to September 23rd, she's clothed with the sun. Everybody A plus so far on this? Okay, we got, we got the virgin. She's the sign in the stars that God's talking. Genesis talked about it. Job talked about it. Matthew talked about it. We need to look up. Now watch this. We need the moon to be under her feet. Let's go forward back to where we were in 2013. Nothing. Let's go forward to 2014. Nothing. Where's the moon? Over there between her head and Leo. 2015. Now these are the two years that the tetrads are happening. Okay? Look over at Leo. We still don't have. We've got now Mars is there in Leo and Jupiter's in Leo. So now we've got 10 stars. Sorry, 11 stars. How many do we need? 12. Okay? So we're still missing a star. We're still missing the moon under her feet. 2016. Venus is over by her, her knee. Jupiter's up by her shoulder, so it's not going to work. Now everybody pay attention to what I'm about to do. Everybody see it? This is the sign, church, of Revelations 12. Moon under her feet. Let me get my red thing here. I feel like a professor. No, I don't, because I can't find it. See the moon? Now remember, I can stand this up, but it's easier to see because of the screen. I show you a sign in heaven, the, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, with a crown of 12 stars. Mercury, Mars, Venus. 12 stars. We can look at this and see what John the Revelator saw 2,000 years ago. So why is this so significant? Why 2017? What does that mean? We're 2014. Let me show you one more thing. I took the time to do this. I said, I want to see this for myself. I began to go forward 2018. What happened? Where's the, where's the stuff? Is it there? Then line up. 2019, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. I'm going to save you a lot of time. I went all the way to 2,300. It never lines up again, church. I'm going to go backwards. 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. This is 2,000. Guess where I went with that? Back to before Jesus. Did everybody see the sign real quick before I turn the lights back on? Watch this. Boom. A plus still? 
It's amazing. All the way back to zero. You never, ever, ever see this sign line up again. Even if it didn't mean anything, it'd be pretty amazing that this was described in the Bible. That alone is pretty amazing. But the other thing I want to show you this morning and tell you and, 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 and that you get up here and get here is, is a meaning for this. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. But what do we know? Does everybody agree with that? We know the season. We know the labor pains. We know we're at that time when at any moment Jesus can come back, that trumpet can sound. Let me show you why this is so significant. And I'm going to show you one more thing after that to close. If you go, how many years is the tribulation again? What's half of seven? And if you wonder for a second, if you wonder, is it a literal? It is. Because the Bible talks about 1260 days. It's very, every theologian, no one will argue that. The tribulation is a span of seven years. Okay? In that seven years, church, God is going to perfect this world. Right? Understand that? He's going to judge. He's going to, the first three and a half years is going to be, again, the Antichrist rule. Then after this sign, here's the crazy thing. After this sign, it's really going to get bad. The first three and a half years is going to be like 9-11. Everywhere. And after that, then God's going to judge. The first three and a half years isn't even God. It's the Antichrist. Trying to set up his government. The second half is going to be God's judgment. You don't even really want to go talk about that because we're not going to be here. But God don't be here. It's bad. The Bible actually says that two-thirds of the population of the world is going to die. That's talk about doom and gloom. That's the fact. That, that's a fact. Now y'all just shut me off right there and everything. But I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I just threw that out. We're not going to be here, though. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to be here. What you worried about? I'm not going to be here. If you are, you got head problems. Amen? Something's wrong with you. Here's what's so amazing about this. Three and a half years is the middle of the tribulation. Daniel, sorry, Daniel. Revelation 12 is the middle of the tribulation. If we look at that date of 2017, it's September 23rd. And we come back three and a half years. If that's the middle of the tribulation sign, you know what that brings us to? What does it bring us to? April of 2000, March or April of 2014. That the tribulation would have to start. My hairs are standing up. I don't know if yours are. I believe that Jesus is going to come back before the tribulation. That means we're in the season and at any moment Jesus could come back. Now I know this is a real moment where you have to digest. Now if Jesus doesn't come back in April am I going to stop believing? Nope. But God told us what we could look for. Can I just read this stuff and just go oh that's just a coincidence and I'm not going to share it with nobody. No, I can't. This is what God called us to do. We're not worshiping or praising a time or a date. I didn't say he's going to come back on March 23rd at a certain hour. But I'm telling you that from these signs, and you draw your own conclusion from these signs, we're in the season. We are pregnant. Go ahead. This is called stellarium. 
I'm glad you asked. Write that down. ST, anybody can look at this. And I want you to, because I want you to go show your friends. You can go show your friends this, your family. Take time, have some people over for a Bible study. S-T-E-L-L-A-R-I-U-M dot org. When you go to that site, at the top, I was a little confused about this at first. I couldn't figure out how to navigate it. When you go to that site, at the top, it's going to have like a bunch of, uh, what are they called, Dylan? Um... Yeah, things like, it's going to say like Windows, um, iPod, yeah, it's going to have all these things at the top. You've got to choose your, your system for your computer or whatever, and then it'll download onto that, okay? But until you do that, you're not going to get anywhere. And so I had to download, you know, I had Windows 7, so that brought it down. And this, this is just a regular computer, so if you, any, most computers will be able to do it except for the one we have here. It didn't work for something that we needed to pass with Chris, but we made it work. So we didn't have a video card or something but if it says something like that we've got people like Chris like Dylan whoever can help you Paul Platt help you figure out what you need to get the system you need it you can help okay Christine can help you can help get them that system so you can go look at it for yourself you can mess around with all this stuff okay um, the last thing I want to show you is can I show you one more thing before we close and the musicians come I'm gonna take this off okay God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth and the Bible says that he created the earth in how many days? Let's do some Bible, Bible study here. Six days. And what day did he rest? Okay, how many know that we're on God's creation calendar? We're not on an evolution calendar. The world can say all they want that this world's been here for 50 billion years. God says it's been here for 6,000. Okay? 4,000 years before, before Jesus came, earth began. There was a span of 4,000 years. Jesus died and rose again. The years started over again. And now we're in what? 2014. So 2,000, 4,000 is 6,000. What's going to happen next in God's calendar? In, God, in God's creation calendar? What's the next thing that has to happen? Rest. For the world. That's called the millennial reign. That's called the millennial reign. It's in the Bible. It's all over the place. Daniel, Ezekiel, Revelations. It's all over the place. Most people don't talk about it. It's where we're going to come back and live on this earth like you're living right now. In a glorified body. And we're going to rule and reign. So for all y'all people that won't let go of this world, we'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. With no pain and no sorrow and no aches and no hospitals and no prisons and no, none of that stuff that we got to deal with. We'll be back. We're going to come back and rule and reign. Amen? But the, that's the millennial reign. And so if we're at the end of 6,000 years, church, the next thing that has to happen is the millennial reign. The tribulation, Jacob's, the, the 69th week, Jacob's trouble is not going to count. The 70th week is not going to count in there for that, for that time frame. That seven years is God purging like he did Noah, the earth. Okay, now let me show you one more thing that's very fascinating. Write this down too. You can go look at this. TorahCalendar.org T O R-A-H calendar.org I told you in the very beginning we are in western culture time and understanding we're not in the same time and, 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 and stuff as the Bible how many remember here's an example when the Bible said and I know I'm taking a little bit longer than normal here this morning how many know in the Bible Jesus said or here's an example Peter and John were going in to, to pray at the ninth hour remember that they, would always, they didn't say 
3 o'clock or 2 o'clock. Or they said at the ninth hour. At the, Jesus was praying at, at the, the, the fourth hour, watching and praying. They, they're talking about the hours. They don't, they don't use the same time we do. They call it the... the um, uh, let me show you real quick. It's this explaining it. If you go to TorahCounter.org, it says, see what time is it now? And I can click this, and you'll see how they use time. Determining the, t- the Hebrew hour. Okay, you've got the fourth watch, the third watch, the second watch, the first watch, which is what they call night. You've got the first hour, the second hour, the third hour, the fourth hour. That's how they use their time, okay? And over in Jerusalem, there's also another site that I don't have on me right now, but I can tell you later. You can actually go watch the Wailing Wall live at any time. If you've never really been interested in the Jewish, I'm not, I'm not trying to get us to go be Jewish or go that route but you need to get some understanding of it and understand those are God's people and that's our family over there and you can go sit there and watch them and these men and women are praying they're doing this all day long what are they doing they're waiting for the Messiah they're praying at that wailing wall and the, the, the sun sets over there on the wall and when it goes down see like my hand right here you'll see that the, the shadow disappear when it goes down it's nighttime on that wall and at that time, I'm going to show you one more thing that I discovered that was really, really cool and amazing. Actually, I don't know if I discovered it. See this here? You're not going to be able to see this real good. But remember what the verse I read that said, in the twinkling of an eye? Well, the twinkling of an eye is not just your eye shutting fast. It's actually a time of the day in Jerusalem. Over here, I don't know how well you can see it. See where it says evening? You've got evening, night, morning, day, evening. When the sun goes down at sunset, guess what it's called? Twinkling of an eye. So when the sunset goes down in Jerusalem, that it, it, could, it could possibly be a time of the day even. We don't know what day. But that's what that's called. So you've got to bring all this stuff together. I'm going to show you one last thing. This, I promise, is the last one. This is very important. We're on the Jewish calendar, not ours. So we're in January of 2014. If you look up here where I'm doing my cursor, it says here, 26 January 2014. But the Hebrews, the Jewish people, are in the 11th month of their year. Okay? They're not in January. They're still in, our, our name would be November. Okay? So they're still two months away from their year ending. Add two months to January. Takes you to March. Now you're not going to I wish I could zoom in on this and I don't think I can. But you're going to have to believe me if 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 I can't. I don't know how well good people's eyes are. Can you everybody see the red? I I think I might be able to read it back there. Can anybody read that number to me? We are in the year on the Jewish calendar. Twenty fifth day of the 11th month of the year 5,999 is it it moving? is it clicking? once it hits 6,000 the millennial reign has to start which comes after the tribulation the rapture has to happen first That's the Jewish calendar, church. That's, that's not us making that up. That's them. 
What does that mean? What does all this mean? We need to fasten our seatbelts. And we really, really, really need to get to work. And we really, really need to understand Jesus could come back at any moment. And these things are, are not coincidences. Blood moons. The Jewish calendar. The, the sign in Re Revelations 12. These are all things that are shouting to us. Wake up, church. I'm coming. And Jesus said for the believers, musicians, you can come. Jesus said for the believers, it did not have to come as a surprise. He will only come as a thief in the night, church, to those who are not watching and waiting and looking and expecting. And after a message like this this morning, we should be watching and waiting and looking and expecting. We shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't go, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Amen. And, and look, these are things that you just can't deny. These are things NASA's saying. The world is shouting it out. Look at all the movies that are being made around the world. Look at all the end times, 2012, world's going to end. Because the world knows something's going on. They just don't know what the Bible says. But Jesus has a plan. Now, I know that when you hear this kind of stuff, all kinds of emotions can happen. I understand that I'm human too. But again, you need to get to the realization that God's plan is going to happen whether you want it to or not. And his plan is going to happen whether you believe it or not. I choose to believe. Choose to believe everything his Bible says. And this is lots and lots and lots of my studying time and other people's studying time and bringing this all together to show you something that's undeniably a sign. That Jesus is coming soon. And he can come at any moment. Can these things be, a, listen, can these things be a few days, weeks, months off? Sure. But I guarantee you they're not years off. They're not. We're in that season. We can know the season. But I do want to give you a good closing verse of encouragement. Luke 21, 36 says, Watch therefore and pray. Always. Doesn't say on Sunday. Doesn't say on Wednesday. It says always. Watch therefore and pray that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Amen? We, Galatians 5, I want to say 9, I think, says that uh, we, we have not been appointed, or it's Ephesians 5, it's Ephesians or Galatians 5, 9, we have not been appointed unto wrath. It's not God's plan for us as believers to go through what's going to come upon this earth. Did we think 9-11 was going to happen? Did, did we, did, were we ready for that? Was, was there a warning for that? Did somebody say tomorrow we're going to blow up these two buildings? Listen, church, those kind of things are examples that we need to pay attention to. When Jesus comes back and the rapture happens, this world is going to be so caught off guard. They're not going to know what to do, and they're going to be looking for answers. And guess who's going to give them the answers? The world. And guess who's going to be the answer? The Antichrist. He's going to have the answers they're looking for because the world's going to want peace. The world's going to say, man, we can't stand this no more. we got to have peace. Stop the fighting. And for a moment, this man is going to do something no one's ever been able to do. He's going to get that peace treaty signed. And once that peace treaty is signed, worldwide peace is going to happen for a moment. But what did Jesus say in those beginning scriptures? When they say peace and safety, then comes destruction. It's just going to be temporary. But it's going to be enough 
for Satan to get his power. It's going to be enough for Satan to be uh, using that man, that Antichrist, the false prophet, and all these people in the book of Revelation for his plan to go forth. He's still going to lose in the end. But if you notice, the devil keeps getting pushed down. He used to be in heaven. Then he went to the second heaven. is where he's at now. Then he's going to be coming down into the first heaven. Then he's going to go down into the pit. Then he's finally going to be thrown into the, to the bottomless pit. He's going down every time. He's trying to wreak as much havoc as he can as he goes down. He's trying to take as many people with him as he can. And our call and our job as believers is to stop that. To populate heaven and to plunder hell. Amen. To preach the gospel and tell people, hey, you don't have to be afraid of this stuff. Jesus is coming, but he has a good plan and a good purpose for us. He loves us. He doesn't want anything bad for us. Amen. He wants good for us. He loves us. He has, a, he has an escape plan. Amen. Remember on 9-11, there was, a, there was some people in that building that helped people escape? That's us. We can't stop the building from coming down, but we can, st- we can stop people from dying. We've got to share our faith like never before. I hope and pray that this morning I've gotten everything out God has told me to. I believe I have. And I hope that you'll go look at these things. And I hope that uh, you'll, you'll study this stuff out yourself. And I hope you'll start telling people. I know it's helped a lot of people that I know to really, to really get this. Father, this morning, as we close out, I ask one, one thing more than anything. I ask that your spirit, like always, would arrest our minds. And we would have complete attention on you and trust on you. Peace, understanding, God, that we don't have to fear what's coming because your word promises the way out, God. Your word promises that we would not have to stand and see these things take place. And Father, this morning as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and we're